Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. I hope that you're having a great Friday afternoon. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send me a text, 720-336-0897. The heart and purpose of Calvary Live is for you to be able to call in with questions about the Scripture or things that are going on in your life. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Text is a great way to be part of uh, today's show. If you've got a question or a prayer request, send me a text, 720-336-0897. Also pick up the phone, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We're currently going through the book of Ecclesiastes at our church on Saturday nights and Sunday morning. And a verse that's really stood out to me this week in preparing is chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. And that word prudently means to be on guard or to think about what you're doing. So what God is saying is when we go to his house, we want to slow down and think about the fact that we're drawing near to the Lord. And then there's this emphasis on drawing near for the purpose of hearing, hearing from God. And God is speaking. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says, today, if you will hear his voice. So God is communicating. The question is, am I listening? And so this really challenged me and, and convicted me. Am I really stopping and pausing to hear God's voice? Am I drawing near for the purpose of hearing? So hopefully that's an encouragement to you today. God does want to speak to you. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. I know for me personally, the joy in hosting Calvary Live is really being able to talk about real things, things that are on your heart, uh, genuine questions that that you uh, may have. So if you are listening today and you're like, man, that I'm wrestling through this or I've got this question about this section of Scripture, feel free to give me a call, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. I've got a text question uh, that has come in. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, who is God referring to when he says, let us make man in our image? When God says us, is he referring to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit? This is a great question right there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We do see this reference where God says, let us make 
uh, man in our image. Uh, and when he uses the word us, it is referring to the Trinity, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this shows us that there is three distinct persons in the Trinity, but yet one God. It's very clear throughout Scripture that it's not three gods, but one God. So that reference of us there in Genesis 1.26 is of the Trinity. We do have all of our lines open, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. What's on your heart? What's on your mind? What are the questions that you're thinking about today? Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. It's always good to get prayer requests and praise reports as well. Another text that has come in. Hi, Pastor. Please pray for me. I want to know the Lord more, but getting distracted by vanity of this world that takes my time. That's a great prayer. Let me pray for you and lift you up to the Lord. Father, I thank you for this listener and what a great prayer to want to be closer to you but also the honesty of getting distracted with all the emptiness of of this world. I think all of us can relate to this, God, and I I pray that you would just break through the noise, break through the distractions, speak to them, and really allow them to draw near to you and bless their relationship with you. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 303-690-3000, Also, you can send a text. 720-336-0897. If you live in Southern Colorado, Colorado Springs, we would like to invite you to our services. We have Saturday night at 6 and Sunday morning at 9 and 11. Like I mentioned, we're currently going through the book of Ecclesiastes. We're in chapter 5. If you'd like to read ahead and come and join us. Let's go to Kathleen in South Jersey. Kathleen, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. So, um, I lost my beloved mother in April. Um, She was always a faithful believer in Christ and raised our whole family that way. Um, But I seem to not be able to get past um, severe depression and grief over her loss. And um, I think that... um, you know, I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful to the Lord because I know that she's with Him, but um, I, I think I've lost the only person in my life who was able to give me unconditional love and understanding. And so I was wondering if you had any tips on, you know, ways that I can you know, connect with the Lord to help me move on. Yeah. I'm really sorry for your loss. I, I think that the loss of a, a parent is is the deepest kind of loss that we experience. Um, you know, Kathleen, I, I want to encourage you that not all your grief is bad. Um, you know, the Bible doesn't uh, tell us to not grieve. Um, in First Thessalonians, it encourages us that our grief is different than those that don't know the Lord. Um, because we have hope in our grief. Um, but it doesn't say that we don't grieve. We, we have hope in, in our grief. 
And I would continue to encourage you to talk these things over with the Lord, uh, to really also hold on to some of his promises, uh, Psalms 23, to read that through um, over and over and hold on in faith to, to that promise. Um, also, Second Corinthians tells us that God is the God of all comfort and the Father of mercy. So uh, verses on comfort and God's peace. Uh, Philippians 4 also gives us a a great uh, promise on God's peace and to hold on to those uh, in in faith. Um, and then also, too, I would encourage you to uh, continue to reach out. You know, if you have believers in your life and in your family, uh, to let them know, you know, I'm really struggling. I, I can't seem to shake uh, this depression. Um, and, you know, please be praying for me. And sometimes that's really hard to do. Um, it's hard to to open up with those that are even close to us and say, I'm, I'm really struggling here and I'm really having a hard time. So. Thank you. I, I just don't, I, I know that she's with the Lord, but it, it's just, uh, I feel guilty sometimes. I, I, you know, I, I want to say, I'm sorry, Lord, you know, that I'm being selfish for wanting her to still be here with me when I know that you've called her home. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not selfish to miss her, you know, and I don't think that the Lord's offended that you miss your mom. Um, and, and he more than any understands grief and sorrow and the loss. And so I want to pray for you, Kathleen, and pray that God really uh, comforts you. Thank you so much. Father, I thank you for passages and, um, okay. and continue to do so. Okay, sounds good. Let me let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for Kathleen and lift her up to you there in South Jersey. God, I do pray that you would lead her to green pastures and still waters and restore her soul and walk with her through the valley of the shadow of death, prepare tables before her. And we hold on to your promise that you are the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort. Please lift off this depression that she is feeling. Um, we know that uh, the enemy loves to attack when we're weak as well. And Lord, would you uh, protect her from, from the lies of the enemy? Would you continue to put people in her life that can encourage her, Lord? Uh, and so we lift her up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. Thanks for calling. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. The number to call if you have a question, prayer request, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text 720-336-0897. Let's go to Ramona on line two in Jersey. Ramona, welcome to the program. Thank you. Yes, I live in Jersey, um, Willingborn, New Jersey, and um, okay. I got my daughter. She's in college. She's Christian, and then she was born with the problem, the food problem. She still has a food problem. She has to operate, but she don't want to. So I'm asking for prayer, and then for my, sometimes I will struggle to pay the mortgage, too. Yeah. So I'm yeah. asking for prayer. My husband, Alex Dorsey, and Remo Dorsey, we've been married for 30 years. Okay, yeah. So, we are Christian. I was from Christian. 
Okay. Sounds good, Ramona. Let me let me pray for you and your husband and your daughter. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for uh, Ramona, and we lift her up to you. Thank you for her daughter that's uh, at college in Florida. Lord, would you just put your hand uh, on her daughter and provide for her, provide her with fellowship with you and fellowship, um, Lord, inside of of those that are at the college. Uh, thank you that she's there at a Christian college. May you move in her life in a powerful way. Uh, we pray for the financial needs that are in their life and just pray that you would provide and, and help them be able to make those mortgage payments uh, when they come every month. And so, Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. You bet. God and, bless you. Um, yeah, and then you, they can send me like, like books or something. I will call to order some oh. books, some, you know, daily, okay. daily bread to read. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, thank sounds you so good. Much. God bless you. God bless you too. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We do have lines open. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Chris in Baltimore. Chris, welcome to the program. How you doing? How are you? Pretty good. How about yourself? Good, thanks. So are you ready for my question? Sure am, yeah. Okay, great. Well, Pastor, I'm wondering, um, if God is omnipotent, why is it that Jesus had to die on the cross for our sins? Why couldn't he just forgive our sins? Right. So God says in his word that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And so God, being just, has to bring a just consequence for sin. So if God simply said, oh, you're forgiven without Jesus dying on the cross to pay the price for our sin, he wouldn't be just. So similar, if you have a judge who has the power to release somebody of their sentence, uh, if he did that without there being a penalty for the crime, he wouldn't be just. And so in order for God to be just, uh, he had to have there be a consequence for our sin, and that consequence was Christ dying upon the cross and and paying the price for our sin. So really, uh, in order for Jesus to die on the cross was meeting God's just requirements. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, I kind of still don't get it, though. I mean, again, if he's all-powerful, why does there have to be even a consequence? Why does blood have to be shed? I don't understand why he just, why why he couldn't just, why why that act had to happen. Yeah, you know, and I think it's the the majesty of God. You know, he is all powerful and he's all knowing, and his plan of salvation to give us a an ability to choose between right and wrong, to sin or not to sin, knowing that we would choose to sin. And then choosing to send his son. The Bible says that Jesus was slain before the foundations of the world. So it was always in the heart of God that Jesus would die for our sins. Even before he created the world, he knew that he was going to send his son to die. And more than anything else, I think that 
Christ's death upon the cross communicates God's love for us. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrated his love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so it would be really difficult to prove or count on God's love if it wasn't for the cross. Do you think it could have anything to do with prophecy, with just, just you know, the Bible having to follow through with what, it, what was said that was going to happen? Yeah, I do. But again, that brings us kind of back to your original question. You know, God's the one who authored the Bible and authored prophecy. So this is what he chose by choosing to put it down in a prophetic way, if that makes sense. I think so. I'm kind of driving while I'm talking to you. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. yeah uh, it's kind of deep, deep yeah. thoughts. Yeah, but, but essentially you're saying that there just had to be a blood sacrifice to atone for the sins. Yeah, correct. In order for God to be just, you know, I don't... I'm a dad, I've got four kids, and, you know, if with one of my kids, I just said, well, you know, I'm not going to have there being any consequence for, for what they've done. And the other three kids are going, hey, where's the justice here? And and God claims to be just, and so if he just forgave us without there being a, a penalty or consequence for sin, then he couldn't, he wouldn't be just. So, um, I guess you don't believe in purgatory, right? Correct. I don't see that in Scripture anywhere. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm Catholic. I'm Roman Catholic. I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll obviously still Christian, but yeah, we yeah. believe in purgatory. So that's why I was wondering right. where that falls in, too, you know, but you can't, you don't believe in that. So that part would be a really answer. Yeah, when I look at scripture it doesn't seem that there's a, a holding tank or a um yeah but i i am familiar a little bit with with the teaching of of purgatory so well i appreciate the conversation chris it's i'm glad you called and hope you have a safe drive home thank you um could you end up with just a small prayer for my daughter because she's going through some uh, mental problems yeah absolutely yeah let's let's lift that up in prayer Father, thanks so much for Chris and Baltimore, and as he's driving home, uh, thank you for your presence that is with him. And Lord, I just uh, pray that you um, would be with his daughter in a special way. Um, and you know exactly what she's going through and the difficulties and the challenges, and, and would you meet her? And uh, you tell us in your word that you give us a sound mind. And so would you just would give her that clarity of thought and, and break through uh, whatever is going on and whatever opposition she's experiencing. Would you encourage and strengthen Chris as a dad? And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. You have a great afternoon or evening. You too. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier in Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening and joining me on this Friday afternoon. If you have a question, something that's on your heart, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. We have an anonymous caller in Maryland. Let's go to that caller in Maryland. Hello, Pastor Cartier, and thank you so much for taking my call. My question is, how does a single parent who has professed Christ uh, deal with the following problem. She has okay. a grown daughter 
who has professed Christ, who is cohabitating with a young man who also professes Christ. And she uh, came to a small group meeting today and made it known it's it's a burden. Um, I have spoken to the daughter uh, prior to her cohabitating with the young man, and she doesn't, the mother doesn't have a spiritual head in terms of a father or brother that could um, approach the young man. So my question is, how should the church handle this? Hmm. Of course, with Our, prayer, we, we, you're praying for yeah. her, but how, right. you know, how should, physically, what, um, actively, what should uh, the church do? Is this uh, couple coming to the church do they or or is just the mom attending the church the mother is a member the daughter is a member but the um the young man who the daughter is cohabitating with uh did visit the church once okay he has his own so okay well i think the key here is that they both claim to be believers um, and in First Corinthians, that we see a situation in uh, the church where there was sexual immorality, and Paul gives instruction there. And the key of the instruction of how to deal with it uh, is if uh, they claim to be a believer. So if we claim to be believers, God clearly calls us to live in sexual purity and sexual uh, integrity, uh, and so. Uh, I think it would be, if this were taking place in in our church, uh, we would want to go and have a conversation with them for the purpose of restoration, uh, to uh, talk with them about what's going on. Uh, A lot of times when I talk with couples that are living together, they'll try to say, hey, we're not having sex together. Uh, You know, it's a financial issue. Uh, we've got our separate bedrooms and those type of things. And uh, usually my response to that is, is one, is uh, it's highly unlikely uh, because it's a, a very uh, intense moment of uh, temptation. And so uh, it may be the case, but a lot of times it's not the case. And then even if they are not having sex together, it gives the appearance of evil, you know, uh, uh, People that don't know Christ, a Christ-rejecting world, just doesn't believe you when you say, oh yeah, we're Christians and we live in the same same house, we're co- cohabitating, but we don't have a sex together. And sharing with them God's design for sex, uh, his purpose for sex to be inside of marriage in that lifelong covenant and commitment to uh, each other, and then really encouraging them to make it right, to either uh, move out or... Uh, to get married and to walk them through a process to really prepare them uh, for marriage. Uh, so but the whole goal and purpose would be to to talk with them for the purpose of repentance and, and restoration. And my, I think what my, specifically um, a man should do this. Is that correct? One of the elders, is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that would be ideal. Has, the, the mother has no husband. She has no. She has no godly head in her household to go to this young man. With, you know, to confront mm-hmm. him or to talk to him, as you said. So she's done it, 
but he yeah. apparently, you know, doesn't her whatever she has said to them didn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be great if a elder or a pastor or uh, two two of them uh, would go and, and and talk with them or or one and have a one-on-one with them. Uh, the the lady that is the mom, she might want to give them a heads up, you know, like hey, I I'm concerned about you. I'm I'm grieved. I want God's best for you. I shared this with uh, the pastors at our church, the elders of our church and uh, they're going to be reaching out to you, you know, so they're not blindsided and like had no idea of where this was coming from, if that makes sense. Yeah. So another good place to read and and look at is Matthew 18, um, gives us the instruction of how to deal with one another when one of us is sinning and needing that loving uh, correction. So. Yes. Well, let's pray over this situation and just pray that God works in their lives. I do want to encourage you. We have seen God do awesome things through conversations like this. It's probably been one of my highlights as a pastor to address some of these things in love and truth of God's word and see people have the light bulb go on of why they need to do it God's way and why they would want God's best uh, in choosing uh, to be married and and so we'll just pray that in, in this couple's life that God would really, really move in their lives. So, Father, we uh, lift up this couple in Maryland to you. And Lord, as they uh, claim to be believers, Lord, and find themselves uh, living together, God, I just pray that you would move in their lives and that they would see your best, your plan uh, that you've put together uh, for sex and sex being inside of marriage and the desire to do things your way. And so I do pray for the mom and for the church that you give them wisdom and that there would be awesome growth that would come through this. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Cartier. God bless you. And God bless you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to talk a little bit more um, about that subject. I'm sure some of you listening uh, today are in a place where you're a believer and you're a follow Christ, but you find yourself in sexual sin or you find yourself uh, living with somebody who's not uh, your spouse. And what we have to understand is sex is God's design, and he designed it to be life-giving inside of marriage. So inside of marriage, two become one, and they're joined together in God's sight. And it's really the glue that God gives in marriage, that a husband and wife share only with each other and their souls are bound uh, together. And any time that we use sex outside of marriage, uh, God tells us uh, that there's destruction that happens uh, to us. And so we're destroying the other person, we're destroying ourselves, and we're joining Christ uh, to that sin. In 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18, it says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for we are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And if we choose to do things God's way, if we choose to turn from sin and and to turn to Christ and say, God, I'm going to believe that your plan is best, 
God is ready to forgive. He's ready to uh, restore in a powerful way. So be encouraged in God's word. Be encouraged in God's plan. Uh, Anytime that we depart from his plan, uh, it brings great consequences in our lives. And I know for some, as you're listening to this, you're like, man, I can't believe that he's going there and he's talking about this. I want to encourage you to respond today to God's word and to say, yeah, I need to make this right. I've got a decision to make. I need to get married or um, we need to separate and and not live uh, together. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. We're going to head to a break, so please stay with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back. Thanks so much for staying with me. If you would like to call in with a question, prayer request, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Let's refer return to our phone lines to Barbara in New Jersey. Barbara, welcome to the yes. program. Yes, sir. Yes, I'm right here. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Yes, of course that is. I did pose a question about the Christianity. If you are supposed to be do your work, is it not a water baptized person? Are you a Christian? Are you Whatever, I have some people saying that you do not have to be baptized or want to be a Christian or to serve God. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, We don't have to be baptized in order to be saved, to be a Christian. Uh, Jesus tells us uh, in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So it's belief in Jesus and his death and resurrection, inviting him to be the Lord of our life uh, that saves us. So baptism comes into play uh, because it's our public declaration that our life belongs to Jesus. So we get baptized because we are saved in obedience to what Christ has asked us, but not something that we have to do in order to be saved. Also, when Jesus died on the cross, there was the thief who was next to him, who asked for forgiveness. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say, well, you've got to get baptized first in order uh, to uh, be saved. So uh, baptism is a step of obedience, but salvation comes through faith alone and what Christ has done for us. Okay. Uh, you know, um, and I've been living with this, my kids died, and I wanted so much to get married, but um, every day he would put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. And I'm wondering what to do, because I want, can you be in church, not being baptized, not, even though you might be worshiping, but you're not a Christian, but you're sleeping with this guy. Okay, uh, so help help me to understand your, your question. Um, 
Are you asking for yourself or for someone else? Myself. Okay. So you want to ma- you want to marry uh, this man, yeah. but so far he hasn't been willing to marry you. Is that correct? Yes, because we have been together for a number of years. And I okay. believe that it's time now because there were some circumstances beyond our control. Why we, but now that I don't know, and I wanted so much to do it, and he keep putting it off, putting it off, and we are still sleeping together. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, Barbara, I think um, it's important, you know, for you guys to be uh, sexually pure before the Lord. And so, absolutely, you don't want to be having sex together outside of marriage. Um, and I would really, you know, talk with him and let him know you want to do things God's way. Um, and he's really got a decision to make uh, that he needs to either marry you or you guys need to, to separate uh, and break break up. And then as much as you want to be married, I, I would really be praying through uh, to see if this man loves Jesus. Um, and if he is growing in Christ and has a hunger for the things of God, is willing to seek first the kingdom of God, and if you don't see that in his life, uh, you might want to really slow down and and pray about uh, not marrying him. And also, it's really important to have people in your life that know you and care about you that can help give you godly counsel uh, in this as well. Um so, but it does seem that you're at a crossroads, and you, you won't regret honoring God in, in this. Okay, he's just saying that the Bible says you take a woman and call him, call her your wife, or things like that. Take unto yourself a woman and call her your wife. There's no need for any marriage like that. I don't know. Yeah, in in Romans thirteen. Um, it tells us that God has given us the the governing uh, institutions, that God is, has set up the laws of our land, and that has happened through his hand. And so our country, our laws state that to be married, you get a marriage license and you make that uh, public declaration. Uh, in Malachi 3, it talks about the covenant between the husband and wife entering into a public commitment to uh, each other. I don't see anywhere in Scripture where it just says that a man takes a woman and then she, she's she's his wife. Um, that there's this public uh, ceremony of 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 your wedding. So, can I pray for you, Barbara, and pray that God really gives you wisdom? Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Father, thanks for Barbara. We lift her up to you, and Lord, we ask that you would give her wisdom, and you tell us in your word, if we ask in faith, that you will give it to us. And so, God, would you grant her that wisdom and and give her discernment, uh, and Lord, allow there to be sexual purity in their relationship, and I pray that you would would move in her boyfriend's life, that that he would see the need for, for marriage, and that his heart would be fully committed to you. We pray for that your will in this situation in Barbara's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. You bet. God bless Thank you. you. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. 
Also, you can send a text 720-336-0897. Let's go to Dominic in Lakewood. Dominic, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Eric. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, doing pretty well, actually. I'm, I'm blessed. How, how about you? I'm doing great. Yeah, having a great day. Good. Thank you. Good, good. Um, I was actually just calling because uh, I, I wanted some advice and, and some prayer. Um, my son, we were talking last night. He's 10, and um, he uh, it actually brought him to tears because he, he was concerned. He was very concerned that um, because I told him I had shared with him my experience of being born again. And um, he he was deeply concerned that uh, if the Lord ha- returns tomorrow or uh, even, you know, yesterday, that mm-hmm. uh, he wouldn't be included because he hasn't been born again. Mm-hmm. And, um, but uh, I, I was struggling in, in trying to assure him that because of his faith, and, and what the Lord has already done on the cross mm-hmm. for him, that it, it is for him, and mm-hmm. he is included in that because he has accepted that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I was just wondering if there's any uh, scripture, just because I couldn't think of any off the top of my head, and I didn't have time to look today, but uh, do yeah. you know of any scripture that I could give him or that we could look through together that I could encourage him in that? Yeah, uh, Romans ten nine and eight uh, comes to mind. Let me read it to you. It's Romans ten uh, verses nine and ten it says that if we confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then it goes on to say, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So God's telling us as we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, that's the most important part, believing in our heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead and have invited Jesus to be the Lord of our life. And you know, when we're confessing the Lord Jesus, we're, we're surrendering our control to him, then we'll, we're saved. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will will be saved. And so those are some verses to maybe encourage him with. And I grew up in a Christian home and I, I believed at a young age in the in the gospel, but it it made more sense to me as I continued to walk through childhood and into my teenage years. Um, and so I think these conversations are really, really pivotal because he's probably at a place where He's either going, yeah, I did really believe when I was young, uh, so what does that mean for me now? Or, you know, maybe I, I said a prayer when I was little, but I don't, I'm not sure if I believe right now as a 10-year-old. And um, I know that that can be scary as a parent to kind of talk through uh, those, those things. Um, but I think I genuinely did believe the gospel as, as a young child, but it definitely made more sense to me at some pivotal ages, um, you know, as I, as I moved from, you know, 10 to 12 to 16, uh, th- those to almost to a point where when I look back on my childhood, it's like, when did I, when did I actually get saved? <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. <laughs> be, uh, and and so, but I think it's really good conversations. And and Roman Romans ten um, is a is a great place to go. Also, John three, Nicodemus is asking questions of Jesus, and Jesus tells him, "You must be born again." And, and then shares with Nicodemus John three sixteen that it's through through belief that that uh, we're 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 saved. So. Mm. I don't Thank know if that's so helpful helpful at all. Yeah, that was absolutely yeah. encouraging. Uh, it's extremely helpful. I, I think it'll be very helpful and comforting to him, too, because uh, yeah. he has professed it, and, and he truly believes it, but uh, mm-hmm. I think he was uh, more looking for the born-again experience, um, and mm-hmm. I, I told him that his, his faith in Christ is sufficient, you know, and, and God's grace yeah. for him is sufficient yeah. enough. So, so yeah, that's 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 awesome. I think Thank that's you. a lot of wisdom, uh, Dominic, because we tend to want to trust in an experience, you know, and sometimes God grants that to us, and sometimes it's uh, the more simple, but it's our faith that saves us. It's not an experience, you know, so encouraging him based on what God says in his word, it's it's your faith in what Jesus has done that, that saves you, and we can rest in that no matter where our emotions are or no matter where our our experiences. Right. Right. Amen. Thank you. Well, let me, let me pray for you, Dominic. And just, I'm encouraged that you're having these conversations with your son. That's awesome. So let's pray together. Father, thanks for Dominic. And we thank you for his son, his 10 year old son. And thank you that his son's growing up in a, in a home that knows you and believes in you and has had this faith in you, Lord, as a young child. And now as he's 10, we just pray that you would take him in deeper knowledge of, of faith and the gospel and assurance of salvation and that Dom, Dominic's son would really be set apart for you to be used by you to know you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor Eric. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric. We do have two lines open, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Sandy here in Colorado Springs. Sandy, welcome to the program. Hi, Eric. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I have a quick question for you because I'm just about to do a study on Ezekiel, um, the the temple that this is going to be built. Um, and it, it says here in uh, Ezekiel 44, chapter 44, um, verse 5, it says, Mark well who may enter the house and who will go out from the sanctuary. And then um, the Lord says that, you know, those... Um, in verse 9, no foreigner uncircumcised in heart or uncircumcised in flesh shall enter my sanctuary, including any foreigner who is among the children of Israel. And so um, I'm, I'm presuming these are people that were um, still left on the earth that um, from the tribulation, and they, they enter into the millennial, or they may have been born from the time that they entered, but um, I guess my, my question is, um, when he says my sanctuary, does he mean, is it the 
totally a pulleys? Is it the outer cord, or is it the actual temple itself? So, it, when it's referring to his the sanctuary, I think it would be referring to the temple minus the court of the Gentiles. So there, the temple would have the that court of the Gentiles where the Gentiles could come, and then the rest of uh, the temple, uh, you know, was set aside for the children of Israel or those that had entered into uh, God's covenant. Um, and so I think when he's referring to the sanctuary, he's referring to the temple. Um, and you're right, it it is in reference to those that live through the tribulation that are on the earth in the millennial kingdom. It's a very interesting section of scripture because you have another temple that is built that exists during the millennial kingdom. And so the question is, is why is there a temple? And I, I think the reason is, is because in the Old Testament, the sacrifice is pointed to the work of Jesus prophetically and this future temple in the millennium is looking back on the cross and showing how Christ has already fulfilled all of these sacrifices. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, because I, I wondered myself. Um, I thought maybe perhaps the Lord was kind of giving him a chance to get it right. <laughs> yeah, yep. I didn't mean to be. But, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I because I was reading uh, about the money changers in the court of the Gentile um, yesterday in the New Testament, and then it said there was a court for the women. And so I was like, wow, you know, during the millennium, those, you know, who weren't born again, um, who made it through, you know, they'll be able to go to Jerusalem, you know, for healing the nations and all, but... You know, I was curious if they would even be able to see the Lord in the sanctuary, um, because I know at the end, during at the end, there's a new Jerusalem. There's no temple because the Lord and the God and God is the temple. Mm-hmm. Right, so correct. Yeah. I was just wondering if they would even be able to see the the Lord. You know, I don't know. Right. Good questions that. Can I share with you a couple of really good resources that I enjoy a lot for for studying? It might help as you're uh, preparing the study. One is called Enduring EnduringWord.com, uh, and it's the study notes from Pastor David Guzik, and he'll have some notes on this section of scripture. And then the other is Blue Letter Bible. Uh, is the I think it's BlueLetterBible.org. But they have some commentaries on there as well. And they're all free. Um, but th- those are a couple of my favorites when I come to passages like this uh, to get some more thoughts on. Okay. Thank you very much. I yeah, you bet. Help, but there's so many questions I have. And, you know, I mean, at least yeah. we born again that are born again, you know, will have come down with the Lord. And, and help, you know, during the thousand-year reign, possibly with other people who have those questions. <laughs> yeah, time. yep. Okay, well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for calling. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. 
Also, you can send a text 720-336-0897. Let's go to Jeff in Aurora. Jeff, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, and thank you. You're welcome. Hello? Hello? Can you? Yeah. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. I sure can. Yeah, I, I call. I actually called in uh, about three or four weeks ago for guidance. You know, to pray for guidance from the Lord on mm-hmm. what on the job that I'm going to, and He strengthened me and guided me to a new job. And I start Monday on my awesome. new job, and I just want to thank Him and ask ask for prayers that uh, for keep me on the path that he wants me to be on help you know always guide me yeah praise the lord that's awesome let's pray together father thanks so much for jeff and thank you for providing this new job it's encouraging to us to hear answers of prayer and to hear how you intervene in our lives and god would you just keep him on your path lord keep him doing your will and as he heads into this new job on monday Pray that he could glorify you, be used by you uh, in every aspect of this job. So, God, as he's uh, listening today, Lord, would you just encourage his heart uh, and give him, Lord, vision for what you have for him in this job. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And thank and you congratulations, for Congratulations, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for all the good work that you, you folks do. Well, you're welcome. Always keep you and bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. Have a great night. You too. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live 303 690 3000. We do have all of our lines open 303 690 3000. I'm going to get some texts that have uh, come in. We've gotten a lot of uh, texts. Thank you guys for uh, sending these in. One text says, does God know everything? I understand that God gives us free will. So if he knows a person's future, why would he make people who are murderers? Also, does the devil have to ask God for permission to harm us as he did uh, with Job? So yes, God does know everything. And yes, he does give us his free will. Uh, So He does know what someone's going to choose. He knows if someone is going to commit murder. But yet he still chooses to create them because they have the opportunity to choose to do good. And so if God never created them, he would be uh, taking that choice away from them. And then the second question is, does the devil have to ask permission? I believe that he does based on Job's experience. Before Satan could mess with Job, he had to ask the father for permission, and the father set boundaries upon Satan. If Satan didn't have to ask, that would cause Satan to be the authority over God. Uh, And so it's a great comfort to know that all of those things pass through God's hand. So thanks for sending that uh, text question. Another text question is, are there any Calvary pastors that are combat veterans of the war on terror who are available to speak with fellow uh, veterans? I know one of our pastors here on staff at Rocky Mountain Calvary uh, is a combat war uh, veteran. 
during that time uh, frame and would be more than happy uh, to talk with you or talk with other veterans that may be in need. So you could call our church office, which is 719-597-1133, and his name is Pastor Dan Hooker. Uh, So hopefully that is a help uh, to you. Again, you can call the church office, 719-597-1133, and ask for Pastor uh, Dan Hooker. Another text question that has come in, does the Bible mention anything about enlightenment or anything similar to the concept? Uh, thanks, Eric. You know, I don't know that the Bible uses the phrase uh, enlightenment that I see from my knowledge or my understanding. What the Bible does speak about is revelation, uh, the revelation of the knowledge of uh, Jesus Christ. We see that in Ephesians chapter 1, that that Christ has been revealed uh, to us. And that, that revealed is really the light bulb coming on or, or being enlightened. I think about uh, Paul's experience before he was saved, as he was Saul and he was walking on the road to go persecute uh, Christians, and God called them by name, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he was really enlightened in that moment. And so... Uh, depending upon your definition, if enlightenment is speaking of a revelation of Jesus or the light going on about who Jesus is, we see that uh, truth in, in Scripture. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you're having a good Friday afternoon. Uh, the number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text 720 we do have our lines open. I'm going to continue to work through some texts that have been sent. Hi, Pastor. My question is, there any Bible verses that state why and when the devil uh, was cast out of heaven? Uh, yes, there are verses uh, that do uh, speak to that. Um, give me just a second, and I will pull those up. And Isaiah 14 uh, speaks to uh, Satan uh, being cast out of of heaven. So I would direct you to Isaiah uh, chapter 14, uh, the fall of Lucifer, uh, verses 12 through 21. So hopefully that is helpful uh, to you as well. Isaiah uh, chapter 14. I have a prayer request that has come in via text. Please pray for my son, Ian. He was raised to serve and love the Lord, but has fallen away. Uh, Please pray he comes back to God. Thank you, Brenda in Lancaster. Let's pray. Ask that you would join me in prayer uh, for Ian. And as you're listening, lift up Ian to the Lord. Father, we lift up Ian to you, God. And the truth, the love, the knowledge of Jesus that has been invested into his heart, into his life. We pray your promise that the word does not return void. We ask that Ian would surrender to you, that he would come back to you, that you would continue to pursue him with your love, God, and and that he would not only come back to you, but have just such a contagious love for you where he would be used by you to touch many people uh, with your love. So we lift up Ian, pray that you would comfort Brenda, as the mom, and encourage her there in Lancaster today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
few more texts that have uh, come in. Praise Jesus, uh, he helped me with my school and the OCD I deal with. I just live in his love every time temptation comes. I say no to sin like Paul said, uh, it is dung, don't touch it, God is so good. Uh, what a good testimony, I love that phrase, I just live in his love. So we praise Jesus with you and we're so thankful for what uh, he is doing in your life. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text 720-336-0897. I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen today and be part of this program, Calvary Live. If you are in Colorado Springs, our services are Saturday night at 6, Sunday morning at 9 and 11. Also, you can join us on our live stream at rmcalvary.org. We're currently in the book of Ecclesiastes. From the book of Ecclesiastes, I want to encourage you today in verse 1 of chapter 5, it declares to us that we, when we draw near to God, to walk prudently, to let our words be few, to draw near to hear. This means that God wants us to listen. We want to be in a place where we're listening to what God is saying and speaking in our hearts and our lives. So God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll be with you back next week on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.